What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. I'm Pat Kane, and Rick Patino has wasted no time moving to 1-0 in his St. John's career as St. John's beats Stony Brook 90-74 in their season opener. I'm joined once again by my good friend Cole here, and we're going to discuss this, you know, wire-to-wire, uh, somewhat easy. I'm not sure if you call it dominating, but they were in total control. Uh, St. John's win. Cole, your thoughts on opening night? Pat, let this sink in. Tell me your, your first reaction. We just watched Rick Pitino coach a game for the St. John's Red Storm. Like, I, I, if I'm dreaming, don't pinch me and wake me up. Like, if I've died and gone to heaven, like, this is what it will be when I die. Like, I, I, I couldn't be, like, happier. One down, I think probably, what, like, 38 more games to go for the undefeated national championship season. <laughs> if there ever were to be a natural disaster that came out of nowhere and just, like, took off New York State and just, like, wiped it off the rest of the U.S. just before tip-off of the St. John's game, uh, I wouldn't have been surprised. It all seemed like it was just, you know, inevitable that we'd never get here. But we got here, Cole. We got here. And we're 1-0, and it was good to see. You know, me and you were just talking before we started here. It was just, you know, the simple things and which we took for granted. And, you know, we'll just speak about the present coaches now. But it's good to see sideline discussion, um, huddle huddle talks, and good, good glimpses into there, the um, conversations between coach and player and some insights and obviously um rick patino is going to give you some of the best you'd see around so it was good to see that for the first time tonight obviously good to see it in a win uh there was some definite bright spots some stuff we got to work on but overall i think every saint john's fan has got to be extremely happy with uh what we saw tonight and what we've seen more importantly in the last i don't know six months since the end of the season to now yeah, I'll, I know we don't want to trash previous regimes too much or anything, so I'll say this one last thing about old coaching staffs, but how about exercising some of the demons of previous regimes? 11 for 12 from the free throw line and actually a St. John's team defending the three-point shot where they went four for 16 from three. I don't think I've ever seen a St. John's team defend the three like that. And to hear uh, sort of the peek into the, the sideline coaching and hear Rick Pitino telling his kids, like, hey, keep focusing on defending the threes. They were taking and making, like, contested mid-range jump shots, and he was fine with that. He's like, as long as we're not giving up, like, open three-point shots. I was like, I don't think that's ever happened at a, at a St. John's game that I've watched in my entire lifetime. So, well, just, you it, know, it's amazing. People are going to make threes no matter what you do from time to time, but if you stress it as much as possible, and it's obvious Coach Patino is going to be stressing that as much as anything else. So, yes, it's awesome to hear. Um, awesome to, to hear him coaching to the very last minute. You know, obviously, uh, he's he's not going to take anything for granted. Um, but yeah, I uh, it was, you know, you never felt. I had to remind myself not to get worried about runs being made, or you know, not that you know, Coach Patino can't slip up and have a couple mishaps here and then. But you know, this is a new St. John's regime. It's a new program overall. You got to wipe away the dust from the last few. Uh, staffs and just understand you're in the, the best hands possible and will there be times where it doesn't work as well as you might hope sure but it's not going to be because you know the guy who's in charge doesn't know what he's doing so that's just you're easy to go to sleep at night knowing those uh that's the case for st john's coach now um let me pull up just some statistics here you know get this party rolling um uh, a high scoring night here for st john's we can bring Cole back in the fold. Perfect. 90 points, um, four guys in double figures. 
uh, Soriano led St. John's. I'm not sure if I, he would have been the betting favorite coming into the game, but he definitely would have been, you know, on the list of possibilities. Did anybody in particular stand out to you, Cole? Dude, how about like Ledlam? I know you highlighted there the 14 boards. I think nine of them were offensive rebounds. Um, I, for me, like this was kind of the first real opportunity to really watch the team um, completely together. Um, obviously, first time for everybody in actual games that matter. But having not seen either of the exhibition games, to see the type of like nose for the ball that he has specifically on the offensive glass and the way he attacks that is insane to see. And like, su- he's super, super aggressive on the offensive glass. Um, I, I, I thought adding on to, to your stats, like looking at some of the, the advanced analytics, like the plus minus numbers, like Ludlam was plus 28. Soriano was plus 25. Jenkins was plus 16. I think we all know that they were probably the three best players on the team uh, on the court today, but then Glenn Taylor was plus 23 and Dingle was plus 17. I thought Glenn Taylor looked amazing on both ends of the ball. Looked great defensively. I think he'll fast become knowing how you like your players who sort of can do it all in stats sheet stuffers. I think he'll, quickly become one of the favorites of the Red Storm Rapid Reaction podcast. So we might have to speak to Mr. Taylor Jr. about some uh, potential sponsorship deals or sure. something because yeah. he, he looked tremendous out there. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. But Dingle looked amazing attacking the ball. Um, looked great with the ball in his hands going to the rim. Um, yeah, he finished, he finished extremely well. He had three or four really good finishes today in traffic through contact. Mm-hmm. Um, I think – um Dennis is going to have the ball in his hands all the time but aside from him and you know perhaps Lewis when he comes back I think Dennis or uh, Dingle is the best equipped guy getting in the paint and making things happen off the dribble um Dennis as good as he played tonight and you didn't even get to mention him but his stat line is really impressive I mean 17 points seven rebounds eight assists three for six from three and seven for 13 overall so overall those numbers are fantastic if you could bottle it up you'd be able to sell it for thousands of dollars i mean that is premium stuff but i do i do have a little bit of a worry about his handle being a full-time guard and not having a true proven backup that we know of um yet um you know the handle looked a little bit loose obviously 17 7 and 8 is fantastic and i'm just you know trying to pick at some issues here to have a discussion but i think if there's one thing that concerned me it was turnovers overall and him being the floor general was you know the main culprit tonight um not necessarily a huge negative going forward but something to look at perhaps yeah i think for sure like six turnovers from him like he's got to clean that up and i I think that will be the point of emphasis for rick like you know he's going to be he's not going to stand for that the Dennis is his guy, and he does not going to stand for him having six turnovers. So he'll be hounding him in practice for sure. But what I wrote down in my notes, um, I, I know we all heard some of the quotes from Patino coming out of like recent practices, and I know they had some like NBA scouts in the gym, and he said that out of the NBA scouts he's talked to, the people are most interested right now in Dennis. And I wrote down in my notes, Dennis Jenkins, NBA player? Question mark Because I when the way he played and the way he was able to take over at this level, I, you know, and it's hard to obviously judge against a team like Stony Brook. We'll see as we get into quality, more quality competition coming up really fast. And then obviously once sure. we get into the Big East. But if he could, like you said, if he can bottle up the way he played today, as, as outlandish of a statement I thought when I first heard Rick say that, that scouts were asking about Dennis Jenkins, the way he played today, if he continues playing like that for the rest of the season, I don't think that's as outlandish as a statement as originally sure. thought. But. Yeah, the, the physical attributes, they're all there. I mean, he's 
six three, six four, and plenty athletic. He's long. Um, like I said, the handle's a little bit loose, but he can score. He can pass. Looks like he's got good defensive instincts. Although tonight, I thought we were getting excuse me beat beat off the dribble a little bit too easily with a team putting so much pressure on. That will oftentimes be the case. But um, I thought Conway and Jenkins did get beat a few times. Um, I thought Dingle looked good on the defensive end, made a few nice plays. Um, strong as an ox, that kid. Uh, him and uh, led them. Just imagine the two of those guys in the Ivy League, how strong they are. It's, it's easy to see how they were able to score um, as, as well as they did. Um, you're, you're spot on about Taylor and me being uh, particularly interested in his game. Um, I love I love players that don't have to score the ball to impact the game, and he fits that to a T. Uh, defensively on the boards, can make plays for others, had a good pass in the first half um, to Jenkins in the corner, I believe. I will say, you know, he'll have better nights and he's going to recover, but but Zuby did get postered twice in the second half, and, um, you know, he's going to be seeing bigs at least equal to this, better than this most nights. Um, throughout the season, and he's going to get his, I'm sure, and he'll get some posters of his own. But uh, tonight was an awakening for him, I'm sure, and for Coach Martino that our front court needs, you know, some some security options. Ned um, and Soriano, both productive nights, but we still did give up a decent amount of uh, second-chance second points. I think we gave up 13 second-chance points. Um, so... We're going to see some big bodies in the Big East. And Soriano, even if he's playing great, he's going to need a breather here and there. And Ledlam, same thing. He's only 6'6". I don't think that's a huge issue, especially when you're playing alongside a guy like Soriano. Um, I'm not one that's going to be worried about a 6'6 bruiser at the power forward spot. But if it's only two of those guys who are capable of giving you minutes, then, you know, it is worthy of a concern. Yep. And I know you said like turnovers would have been your one main thing that you would have pointed to as far as like if you were critiquing things from today. My thing would probably be like you had just mentioned sort of how many offensive rebounds we had given up and then specifically like the depth really at Zuby definitely struggled for sure. I, I think that's probably going to be uncharacteristic of what we see for him for the rest of the season, but like definitely the depth behind Ledlam at power forward, that kind of concerned me seeing Drissa, you know, we all love him. He's a, seems like a wonderful kid, but I just don't think we can expect him to really have like any meaningful uh, minutes, yeah. sp especially like in the big East or against more quality opponents. Um, I guess the hope there is, and I know you've mentioned it sort of since day one with all these transfers and everybody coming in, is that once RJ Luis is healthy and, and then the team's really back to full strength, then maybe we go with some smaller lineups with like Taylor or Luis at the four, which I think probably is more realistic than seeing Drissa play meaningful minutes. But uh, yeah. I think that was definitely a concern. You can see specifically like in the second half, I think Drissa had like a, a, a turnover and then maybe like got a shot blocked and had a real quick hook. Like Rick was trying to get Ledlam a little bit of a break and, Dressed maybe gave him less than a minute before he was immediately yanked back yeah. out. So I, yeah. I think that would be a concern on my end. Sure, I think he had a back-to-back possessions turnover, looking to pass inside, and then I yep. uh, got got stuffed inside as well. Yep. Uh, but he does hustle as you know, he hustles as much as anybody. He, he does make a good play here and there. He had an a and one early on. Um, I thought the the bench play early on was one of the the big. Uh, differences in this game and you know once we took a lead early we kind of held on to it but it was eight to eight after the first four minutes and then davis dingle and um taylor came in for the three front or backcourt guys uh led them and soriano stayed in and they went on like a nine to one run it was 19 to 10 
within the next few minutes and um, they never looked back. So I thought that infusion of those guys off the bench, Dingle, you know, Dingle and Taylor, I would argue are, you know, more talented. I would have, I would have assumed those would have been the starting two and three going into this game over uh, um, Aline and Conway, but Aline has proven obviously what he's capable of in the, in the scrimmage and as a four year player prior to this. So, um, you know, I don't see that as a, a huge surprise by any means, but just to show how much talent we had coming off the bench tonight, those two guys could easily be starters and they made a difference with their energy athleticism and the, the press kind of turned on at that point. Um, and from then on, it was just a little bit of cruise control, but it, nevertheless, it was never boring to watch Patino coach St. John's tonight. So for sure not. No, we'll we'll yeah. take that every night. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Real quick before we move on to Joel, um, I did want to say like, as much as I thought Naheem struggled, they obviously had a tough offensive game and wasn't very, very productive. I did think it looked like he was playing great defense on the defense end, which might sure. be another reason, obviously why Rick is, is, you know, wants to lean him, especially starting off early in the season, especially while Dingle um, gets more into basketball shape. The other big thing that sort of jumped out at me was Simeon Wilcher and seeing, you know, you could see brief flashes of, of what that talent that we know is there and that will ultimately be unlocked under Rick Pitino. I, I think specifically like that first basket that he had where – that he got goaltending called against um, Stony Brook. You could see they, they were running sort of a, a weave dribble handoff, and then they, the ball got to Simeon, and just his handle is so quick and, and smooth and fluid. And then he took, got beat his man, was able to get into the lane. And the other main thing I noticed with his game is I, I think he probably played like six or seven minutes in the first half. And watching him on defense the entire time, every screen that Stony Brook set on him, he went over the top of every single screen. He didn't lazily duck behind a screen and maybe give up a shot or anything like that. He was fighting through every pick, which, again, maybe in previous regimes, you saw a little bit more laziness and tendency of the guards on on the defensive end. But obviously, that's a point of emphasis with Rick. It's like, hey, you're going to fight through every pick. You're going to stay on your man as best you can. So, I mean, it's just good to see that much effort from a young kid so early in his development so yeah and it will be cool to be able to balance you know the, the looking the excitedness we have to win now and to also be able to look at Simeon Wilcher as a guy who might not have to you know have a huge impact as a freshman but while still playing a big role but have a huge role as we move forward we can look forward to his development as he progresses um his St. John's career whether that's this season now or a big part um next year and into the future um, but he definitely has talent. You could see the signs tonight. Like you said, we could see the signs previously. Um, it will be interesting to, to watch it unfold and see how Coach Patino can can help him progress. Um, yeah, I thought Joel, you know, you could have gone a few different ways here. I thought Joel, numbers alone, I mean, that 9 for 12 is is so efficient. 22 points, 11 rebounds. Again, we take for granted how much uh, he, you know, just does throughout a game and how much pressure that puts on an opposing defense. Uh, not to mention the two for two threes. I am, I'm careful not to call that a, um, a you know, I don't know. I, I think it might be fool's gold a little bit, and I, I don't want to disparage any hard work that Droll's put into becoming a, a solid three point shooter. But I just don't want him to forget where his bread's buttered. Cole. No way, Pat. Don't be, a, don't be a negative Nancy. He no, said okay. his teammates quoted him in the locker room, and they said that when he walked in, he said he's shooting all the threes all season long. So get used to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. See. I'm sure Coach Patino will take care of it. Uh, we can uh, rest assured. You know, it will, if he's dealing with it, we can we can live with the results. Um, 
Michigan on Monday. Cole, are you feeling confident walking into that one? I I don't think for the rest of the season I will ever say that I don't feel confident because Rick Pitino is our head coach. I thought one of the coolest things that I read post game was uh, I think the Big East was interviewing Rick Pitino and they asked him what he was thinking of leaving the court after getting a win. And he said the first thing he thought of was he looked down and he saw Lou Karnaseka's name on the court. So he said his first thoughts were about Louie. And then he said the next thought after thinking of Lou Karnaseka was he thought Michigan. So he's already planning. He said he already knew that Michigan had beaten their warm-up team that they played today. And he said he was going to watch the – as soon as he got home, he was planning to watch the film, and they would start putting together their game plan tomorrow. So never not going to be confident with this man as our head coach. I love it. I can't top that answer, Cole, so I'm just going to leave that be. Um, thanks, guys, for tuning in. The subscriptions, the views, they're they're going up. Me and Cole actually got some news here to break. I mean, me and Cole will be in attendance, the two of us, on 11-25 when St. John's plays Holy Cross. So we're thinking boots on the ground. We might even pull out the camera and go live for a couple minutes. I don't know what might happen anyway. Uh, let us know you guys want to stop by, talk shop, maybe even, you know, get your questions live at the at the game. It'll be something uh, the two of us haven't done before. Oh, I mean, Cole's been to plenty of games on campus himself. But um, me and myself, you know, as long as there's not a protest for me entering that gym, you know, with my my uh, record that I've I won't mention now, but I've brought up in the past. We'll we'll see you there, eleven twenty five. Um, thanks for listening. Please keep liking, subscribing, commenting, and all that jazz. Please follow Cole and myself on Twitter. Um, for Eric Barkley, this has been Pat Kane. That's Cole Atshaw, Redstorm Rap Reaction Podcast. Peace.